0: Hi, we're Ellen Taylor, and we're here to join you on your journey from pregnancy to birth, postpartum, and beyond. Here on the podcast, you'll get interviews with birth and parenting professionals, birth stories, and educational episodes to get you feeling confident, supported, and empowered on your journey to and through parenting. Welcome to Birth Reimagined. Hi, I'm Elle Kennedy, a birth photographer and doula based in Orange County, California, and I use she, her pronouns.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Taylor Garcia, a doctor of chiropractic also here in Orange County, and I also use she, her pronouns.
0: Today we're talking to Dr. Devin Gesser, a board-certified and licensed acupuncture pediatrician practicing in Los Angeles. She specializes in pediatric integrative functional medicine. Devin also teaches yoga and meditation along with volunteering for acupuncturists without borders, providing free interventional community crisis care. Devin is an associate at West Hollywood's Vi Healing and also sees concierge patients for house calls. So Devin, you do so much acupuncture work. Is there something specific about birth, pregnancy, postpartum, it sounds like pediatric, that really lights your fire? What is it you're most passionate about?
2: You know, ultimately, it's the miracle of life. It's watching people become mothers, people become parents and families being born. It's watching children grow up thriving and healthy and happy in a world that is, you know, kind of crazy out there. (laughs) (laughs) So watching people literally, I mean, again, for me, it's the miracle of life, watching families become families.
1: That's so great. That's what this podcast is all about. So, Devin, how can acupuncture help during pregnancy specifically?
2: Uh, That is such a good one. So, acupuncture as medicine has been around for a little over 4,000 years. So, you can see they've got a really good clinical experience of the body and the life cycle. We like to say that acupuncture is basically cradle-to-grave medicine and it's suitable for all phases of life. For pregnancy in particular, it's an honor for me to work with mothers as they're bringing babies into the world. Um, as you guys know, it's not always the simplest, easiest, most comfortable or straightforward process. So when I am able to do with acupuncture, is I'm able to treat a lot of the common issues that come up with pregnancy. Utilizing acupuncture in pregnancy helps ensure a healthy pregnancy, an easy pregnancy, As well as safe and efficient deliveries.
0: Yeah, I've heard it can help from everything from morning sickness to Mm -hmm. helping breech babies flip to helping with the aches and pains that a lot of um, pregnant people suffer from, and and all kinds of things like that. It does it does all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah, it's really full circle, or it's really full spectrum medicine. So it's able to address complications of pregnancy, and it's also able to really truly address the spiritual nature of growing the baby. You know, in a happy, healthy pregnancy, an easy and complicated one. I've got, let's just call it the program for the mamas. Um, I see them at certain points in their pregnancy, at different times, uh, and address different things within the pregnancy uh, for a mama that I am blessed to be able to follow throughout her pregnancy. I also do a few special, uh, we call them the trimester treatments. As each trimester progresses, we do certain special spiritual treatments to help ensure happy, calm, and relaxed babies. So that's just an addition to regular, uh, fetal maternity care. So I treat lots of moms for lots of things. Um, I say moms, but I also want to make sure that I'm very clear here. I work with everybody who is looking to become a family within my practice. So I am inclusive for anyone that is looking to be a part of my practice. And for me as a healthcare provider and professional, it's essential to me to offer Quality care to every single one of my patients, whatever their identity or whatever they're choosing to experience, basically, this life in. So I say mom, but I mean a parent here.
0: Oh, we love that. We're actually, we try our best to be as inclusive as possible here on the podcast as well. Um, our listeners have heard me talk about um, my younger child Teddy, being gender fluid, and they've heard us talk about some of our lgbtq lifestyle um, experiences and and the way that we are as well so we we really appreciate and we like inviting guests on who have these same beliefs and uphold these same value systems that we have so thank you so much for coming on and and being so open about that?
2: Of course. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm always, it's a special thing to be a part of a pregnancy and a family journey. I work with so many parents that are looking, so many people that are looking to become parents. So for me, the process really starts, it can start before conception. Uh, I work a lot with folks that are using assistive reproductive technologies to help them to have their babies. And I work with lots of parents. Um, I've worked with adoptive parents. Uh, I work frequently with surrogacy. So I'm really open to any way that a person chooses to build their family. I cheer that on because I think that that's the most beautiful blessing and beautiful part of a journey.
0: You're spreading love. You're bringing love into the world. Like that's, that's the whole point of Yeah of growing your family is more
2: love. And it's raising these children in love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs>
0: um, so you were talking about some of these um, sort of spiritual sessions that mm-hmm. you do, the different trimesters. What does
2: that look like? Well, they basically look like a regular acupuncture session. Mom or whoever is carrying baby comes in. Um, I always kind of review what's going on with their pregnancy. How are they feeling? Um, we talk about sleep, digestion. We talk about stress levels. We talk about the whole big picture for the trimester treatments. It looks pretty much like a regular acupuncture session. We'll check in, we'll see what's going on. We'll see how things are progressing, but these use actually, (laughs) we use gold needles for these particular points. And there's a couple points that are indicated on the body. Um, again, these are, the ones that are focused on bringing the baby into the world with the sweetness and kindness and direction for this baby's journey. Because that's what we're creating. We're facilitating a beautiful beginning. And as we all know, the more that you can fill yourself, the more you have to go through life. You know, we see study after study and We've got thousands of years to evidence this. Children that grow up loved do better.
1: I was actually taking an online class for um, the ICPA, which is the Pediatric Chiropractic Association. And they had done a study about the mother's mindset towards the pregnancy. Or the mm-hmm. you know, This is all, you know, the very heteronormative gender uh, language used in the study, but you know, the parents, um, attitude toward the pregnancy. And it was, you know, the really joyful mothers that were really excited and like really gung-ho for this. The ones that said they were excited, but were actually really hesitant or really nervous or really worried. The ones that did not want the pregnancy. And then the ones that were kind of went back and forth between really excited and then really nervous and how it actually affected the baby. And like they found, you know, gastric issues in one group versus, like uh, behavioral, like sleep issues in other groups, a very interesting concept. So we we forget that the mother's mentality, everything is translated to the child in like hormones and chemicals because that is what everything is, emotion, uh, stress, everything is chemical. So it's, yeah, being brought up in love is such a key component to a healthy baby.
2: Yeah, we really look at the epigenetic component um to the extent that we would even go back another generation. You know, your ovaries were in your grandmother. You know, those that that's how these chains, these
1: links. And yeah, people don't seem to realize that.
2: Exactly. I think that's such
0: a cool concept. <laughs> <laughs> like as as a birthing person, your eggs were created while you were or while you were in your grandmother, mm-hmm. like that it that's such a cool, like link concept to, like, wrap your brain around
2: well, we talk about lineage. We talk about, you know, our ancestral connections. We talk about all of these things. We talk about what this creates these communities, this linking of knowledge. and you'll start to see it in different spectrums here you'll start to see it like oh you got it from your mama well she got it from her mama too you know you see how these things pass down you start to see it with personality traits you start to see it in maybe not the most positive thing to frame but intergenerational trauma
0: Yep. That's something we have been talking about a lot. Uh, Me personally, I've been talking with a lot of my friends and things about, I feel like our generation is becoming very, very aware of the intergenerational trauma that we've inherited and trying to undo some of that so that the burden is lessened on our children.
2: I really think that that's the call to parenthood. And that's the call to life is that evolution. And it's not, you know, so there's a lot, a lot of babies that are born into this world that maybe didn't come in the most loving circumstances. I believe that how you come forth means something, but how you live your life can also mean as much. So working to positively process these different intergenerational components, you know, that's the evolution. You know, you become the person that you are. You know, we're not human doings, we're human beings. So we are being, we are always becoming. So I think that these things, they're parts of the puzzle you know, and looking at the big picture, it's when we start to kind of say, okay, well, why is this happening? If something, let's say, isn't working for a kid, I work with a lot of my pediatric patients, um, social, emotional, and behavioral concerns and components as well. And when I look at the kid, I think, okay, what brought us here? And how can we utilize that to get to where we want to be? So I think for me, I always tell this to patients, your genetics are the gun, basically, but how you live your life, those are the bullets. So what you do to load that weapon is what ultimately makes the difference. Are you going to be a bullet or are you going to be a confetti cannon? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: This party girl loves confetti, so let's shoot some. <laughs> Maybe some glitter, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. All if the there's glitter. confetti, there's got to be glitter with it.
1: <laughs> so, oh my gosh! besides, kind of back to bring us back around, so mm-hmm. besides the aches and pains of pregnancy and, you know, the calm mindset, the you know, the happy, positive outlook, how else can acupuncture help? like with the process, like to, you know, through the birth process, not just the, you know, before the pregnancy, how about the birth process itself?
2: Yeah, of course. So this actually goes back to the way my, what I call, and I'm using air quotes here, I call it the program. So I see mamas a certain frequency in their first trimester. I see them in a different frequency in the second trimester. And then I see them at an increased frequency in their third trimester. Beginning about week 36 in the pregnancy, we start to do what's called labor preparation. For Ultimately, acupuncture is a useful tool as labor induction. Acupressure is something that I teach my patients to utilize while they're in their birthing process. I My last about six, four to six weeks with my mom's, starting about week 36, we start practicing at every session what we're going to do. We make, I work with my parents on their birth plans and I help them with strategies that will help them to execute those plans. Ultimately, acupuncture throughout a pregnancy can make for an easy and efficient labor. So that means spending less time in labor having an easy pregnancy, an easy birth, an easy delivery. And that's going to make that process of becoming a mother, becoming a parent, just that much easier. When your body is truly prepared for this, the transitions become somewhat seamless. And you're allowed to open up to this new life that you've brought forth and really, truly be present. Um, For me, one of the things that's most remarkable is the women that I've been able to help that thought, oh, I'm going to have to just have a C-section. This is just, no, I have to schedule this. I've been so lucky to work with lots of women that are able to come around to the idea of letting the body process on its own way. And I just this past month had a brand new mama who was like, well, you know we're new to the c-section if we have to but guess what she ended up having an easy efficient VBAC. back you know I I
0: love that I am so all of we've had all of these birth workers so far come on to the podcast and I know as a birth worker I'm seeing these threads but I want to point this out and make sure that our listeners are seeing these threads as well that all of our birth workers are sharing is releasing the fear trusting in our bodies to do what they were literally designed to do and and working with our bodies Mm -hmm. as holistically as possible preparing ourselves mentally and physically for labor and such a big part of that is like you were saying being calm being accepting you know being present in this process and and the stories that we hear in the birth stories are are the women who who when they do that and they lean in and they surrender to the process with trust and faith they had these easy wonderful beautiful labors they're able to make peace if their labor does not go the way that they had planned mm-hmm. because they did the mental work because they they prepared mentally physically emotionally spiritually ahead of time
2: yeah starting you know from the start i work i always say that the truth is i'm a meditation teacher who has some magic wands that's how i describe myself that's the core of my practice, I believe anything you can do, acupuncture is a shortcut. It's all about the breath work. It's all about being able to expand and contract within yourself so you can know when you need to open up and when you need to hold it together. The more meditation training that we do, and we really, really lean into this, not just from day one into the pregnancy, but when we start to get to our labor prep phase about week 36, we start really working on the meditation. And I do want to say one other thing, though, that I'm very keen to always point out to, pe- to patients, that any way you get your baby in your hands is the right way. It is absolutely valid. Birth is birth, no matter what it looks like. Birth is birth, no matter the presentation. If you did it with drugs, I always say there ain't no shame in the epidural game. like you know (laughs) yeah if it is if
0: that is what you need or want yeah that is totally fine you like it's about respecting your your needs and wants are valid period your needs and wants are valid
2: yeah and I always try and endorse for women that whatever however that baby gets in your arms was the right way and you're gonna do a great job and be a good mother In my head, as a provider, I'm doing everything I can to make that easy, efficient, natural, drug-free labor an option for women that they feel empowered to take, that they feel that they're capable of, and while also understanding that, again, any way that baby gets earthside, we are thrilled. Yeah.
1: As we've mentioned before on this podcast, as a society, we're so inundated with the visual of a, like a stressful and painful and like almost traumatic birth from like, you know, TV movies, all that kind of stuff. And it's just not that way.
2: It doesn't have to be physiological birth. One of the tools that I always make sure that my mamas are aware of is the orgasmic birth. You know, we have not had anyone
0: on the podcast yet talk about that, but I would, if, if you are listening and you would like to come on and share your birth story of orgasmic birth with us, we would love to have you on and talk about that.
2: I always joke that, yeah, maybe it's a little 70s, maybe it seems a little like kooky, but let's open ourselves up to that possibility because, you know, hopefully that's how your baby got there. Lovely. <laughs> and you know, there's beautiful ways of bringing babies into the world. So I like to open my parents up to lots of possibilities. Again, my goal with every mom or every parent is to give them as many tools as possible. Because when they're in it, if one thing pops in their head, if they remembered me telling them and working and doing the breath work, if they even heard that for a moment, and that made a difference to me that's the success
0: yeah i think i think that's such that's a big part of this podcast for us is connecting birthing people and showing them what all of their options are because i know when i went through it i went through it twice and even the second time around i was barely more knowledgeable than the first time around i i was not aware of all of the different things that I could have asked for or could have reached out to get help with or, or ways that I could have supported myself just because I'd never gone through it before.
2: I mean, even though it wasn't your first rodeo the second time, two ra- two rodeos is an exceptionally no low number of rodeos to like know what's going on
0: yeah yeah even after two I am not an expert like that's still a beginning stage beginner stage yeah yeah you're not yeah you're not going (laughs) to show up and expect to take first place your very first time Like there's no
1: practice birth
0: right (laughs) exactly
1: you don't get to practice this you you have to go through it
0: yes yes and and you know I'm part of these birth communities Mm -hmm. and. And people have shared birth stories of, you know, they've had eight or nine kids and they're still learning things every <laughs> single time. And and people are like, but you've had so many. How how are you still learning things? Honey, <laughs> as long as your kids are alive, you will be learning things. They will teach you something new every single day.
2: As long as you're alive. You know, like that's the goal with life is to learn new things. Yes. Fun. Fun. <laughs> oh I love it (laughs) but yeah I mean orgasmic birth is a wonderful tool that I like to give my moms Um, I always just say watch the videos you really don't want me explaining it to you (laughs) mostly because I'll start like devolving into sex jokes (laughs) my kind of humor (laughs) right I mean we all know how you got here this was not like a surprise (laughs) <laughs> to the outcome. Um so for me finding and providing tools for my moms, um there is a wonderful acupressure guide that I'm happy to make available to your listeners. Um Oh, absolutely. She is you know, there's a few like uh big teachers that have come out. You know, I've been in clinical practice for 6 years. Acupuncture has only been legal in California for about 30 years.
0: Which you said this has been around for 4,000 years. Exactly. So there
2: is a wide, you know, I study the classics as well, but I am fortunate enough to be in this contemporary time to be able to avail myself of contemporary teachers and mentors. And one of my favorite teacher and mentors um, has put together a wonderful acupressure guide to pregnancy. I, again, this is what we do in labor prep. We practice these, we utilize partners. For me, if a birthing parent has a partner or a birthing team, they're welcome to come in too. I would love, I love to see the bigger community support, whether it's your partner, whether it's a parent, a friend, anybody that's working with the parent through the process. For me, it's really important to include them because you know, we raise babies in villages. We you know, we try not – it's less success when we silo. You know, yeah. again, your first rodeo, you're not going to know anything. Your second rodeo, you're not going to know everything. Yeah. So the more support that we can provide in this village, you know, the better outcomes we see in maternal field medicine.
0: Yeah. I – I love that. I support that. Like I, I agree with you a hundred percent. When, when I had my first kid, I had already been on leave from work for a month when I had her. And within a week or so, I was like, I need to connect with other parents. I have no idea what I'm doing. I need somebody who I can talk to and ask questions and, 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 help in return because I've never done this before. And I was one of, I was the first one of my friend group to have a kid. So I didn't have any immediate friends that I could turn to. We absolutely need community. And, and especially right now with everyone quarantined and, and you're not able to connect with people. That's what that's what this podcast is, is connecting with birth workers and other people, connecting virtually as much as we can. We have a Facebook group, Birth Reimagined Family, that we are working to build a community there of, of parents and birth workers to connect all with each other, parents to parents, parents to birth workers, all of it to to get support in different ways.
2: Bless the internet. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> So for me, that's an incredibly important thing is making sure parents have built-in support systems and also providing postpartum care. So I always offer to my new moms to do house calls. I advocate, you know, if you can stay inside for those first 40 days, your recovery in the long term is infinitely easier. Your body is able to regain strength. And you're able to parent because you're feeling good. You're feeling healthy. You're feeling rejuvenated and restored. By the way, that 40 days is for somebody who had um, a natural, easy, uncomplicated birth. If you had a more challenging birth or you had a C-section, that period is longer. You know, you have to give your body time to recover and profoundly, deeply rest and be nourished and nurtured as a new mother. You know, I am an acupuncturist. I look at the past 4,000 years of the practice of this medicine, and this is the first time in human history that we haven't been living in this village setting. You know, and even like, 200 years ago, if you had given birth, you wouldn't leave your house for 40 days. But guess what? Your mom, your auntie might be there. Your mother-in-law might be there. You would have the support of all of the women in your community, bringing you food, caring for you, caring for your infant, making this recovery time possible. I know it's not always possible in the modern world,
0: No, in the modern world, no. But I point that out and I talk to people about that too. Like, think about what community used to mean even just a couple of generations ago. Mm -hmm. We are not that far removed from it. Yeah. This modern age of the nuclear family is the first time in human history we've ever done this. We're an experiment. Yeah. And as it turns out, might not be the best way (laughs) To take care of ourselves when we're becoming new parents. Maybe our ancestors had the right idea about, you know, there's a reason that the medicine women were so trusted and it's because they had the experience. It wasn't their first rodeo. Mm -hmm. They had been there. They'd seen it. and, And what did they do? They took care of the birthing person for at least 40 days.
2: Yeah. I mean, we call it the fourth trimester for a reason.
0: Yeah. And and there's a reason that, that that is the baby's instinct as well is is they're learning how to be on an, an individual person because they've only existed attached to you, completely connected and intertwined. You're not just nourished by you, but your hormones, your emotions were all feeding back and forth with that baby as well. So they're learning how to process completely on their own and not be getting that immediate feedback loop.
2: Well, you're creating the programming, you're creating the baseline. People start their personalities very young. You know, you'll notice that there are some fussy babies that generally grow up to be fussy adults. I. I'm so lucky my mother worked in um, preschools for pretty much all of my life. So I've been lucky enough to be hanging out with children as young as six weeks for a very long time Um, and seen so many babies through my mother's career and now my own career and I really would see, you know, fussy parents make fussy kids and fussy kids grow up to be fussy adults. (laughs) So you can see, like, you know, to a very much an extent, people do change and do develop. But when I think about all the five-year-olds that I remember as six weeks old, you know, they still, some of them are smiley. Some of them are relaxed and happy and they still maintain that. So, that very beginning is so critical for connecting with your baby, for allowing your baby to get secure and develop. And really, you're programming at this time. So, when you feed your body warm, nourishing foods, when you feed your body the foods that allow you to produce, like, nutritious breast milk, you're going to see different babies because you're offering them different physiological advantages.
0: I think it's so funny that you pointed out that, that their personality is so kind of programmed already. Yeah. Um, I just a couple days ago, I came across, um, I did not know that my doula Courtney, um, had taken any photos or videos while I was in labor. Um, four and a half years ago with Teddy and I just stumbled across the photos and the videos on my iPad like a couple days ago. How was that and for you? It was it was bizarre. It was, it was definitely like, I was just kind of flipping through it and I was like, when was the last time I used this thing? Like I haven't used my iPad in ages and I had plugged it in and charged it and everything. And, and so I was like, Oh, the photos that'll like, the last time I took a photo will tell me the last time I've used it. And as I was scrolling back through the photos, I stumbled across these photos of me in labor with Ooh. holding newborn Teddy and everything. And my partner, Brian was sitting next to me on the couch and he jokingly looks over and he goes, is that really Teddy? Like that, that doesn't look much like Teddy. (laughs) And then I found a video and I hit play and it was, I had just given birth. They had just handed Teddy up to me and I'm, I'm, you know, you're in that, that kind of disbelieving, like, oh my God, I just did this kind of (laughs) moment of shock that Mm -hmm. birthing people all seem to go through. And Teddy opens their mouth and just makes this little squawk noise oh. and both of <laughs> us looked at each other and realized that is the exact same squawk noise that they still make mm-hmm. anytime they're frustrated or upset just a little <laughs> like
1: oh, no, is- I do that nowadays
0: <laughs> right. I've done that but- all year <laughs> but but both of us were just like oh, my God, that's the same noise. And Brian was just like, yep, that's Teddy. Like, I I don't even have to look at the kid. I just know by that noise, that is Teddy, that little meh. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's it sounded identical. And I mean, admittedly, you know, this is, you know, Teddy is still a preschooler. Teddy is still little. Teddy mm. still has much growing to do. But, you know, the fact that, that that's still the go-to <laughs>
1: Um, at this point they'll never go out of that little squawk of indignation. Oh, oh, don't let
0: Brian hear that. He will <laughs> that noise drives him banana. <laughs>
2: oh, I want you to ask if um if Brian's parents are available if you know that noise was made by someone else as well.
0: I don't know, maybe. It's a good question. <laughs> Um so coming back to round so how mm-hmm. acupuncture can help postpartum yeah. with with this big transition whether you're becoming a first time parent or whether you're adding another baby to your life to mm-hmm. your world it's it's a big transition either way
2: Yeah I mean and then so first let me start at the base the physical transformation your body has gone through a lot you've grown a human, yeah, you know, and brought that forth into the world. So in, so I say I practice integrative medicine. Um, I I don't really like to use the nationalistic terms, Chinese medicine, whatnot. Um, But class, so I like to say like classically indicated. So your kidneys are your power pack. Um, Remember that if nothing else will kill you, eventually your kidneys and the ability that they have, like each percentage declines by a certain percentage after age 50. So you're built in with this percentage. We expend as parents that are giving birth, a certain percentage of this kidney energy, or as is classically referred to, is your essence. So the idea, so there's two schools of thought you can be, you're born with a certain fixed amount and you get what you get and you make the most of it. Or, and this is the school that I ascribe to, that essence can be nurtured, you know, through a good healthy lifestyle, through easier stress-free living, you can literally live longer. You know, your body has chronological age and biological age you'll find people that live in certain ways age themselves much faster. So my point about this in postpartum recovery is you've spent some of your coins there, like you've spent this energy. So for what acupuncture does is it helps you reinvigorate that essence, that energy, cultivating within your own body that homeostatic balance, coming back to this new spot you know, you undergo profound hormonal changes in through the birthing process, through postpartum and recovery. Acupuncture helps to balance the hormone and endocrine system. It helps with sleep, which every new parent needs the best sleep that they possibly can get. You know, God bless those that can have a night nurse, is all I'm <laughs> going to say, but You know, those things aren't always options for everyone. So what we can do, and I always say that um, for patients that fall asleep on my table, I'm like, listen, it's like burping in front of a chef. It's the best compliment you can give me. (laughs) If I can even get a mama, a 20-minute AccuNap, that's going to make a significant difference in mom's energy levels, mom's milk production, mom's immunity and mom's emotional resilience. So we covered a little of the physical things that acupuncture can benefit, but I also want to talk about the emotional stuff that it can benefit for postpartum. For me, my deepest interest is the psychiatric or the psychological, because as much as I believe we're built a certain way, I believe that we're made to evolve and our minds are what evolve and our life experiences inform that so what i try and do as an acupuncturist is i joke that i play psychologist you know because one of the main things that i do is i listen i listen to what's going on i listen especially how parents. And I really try and see when I do concierge home visits for new families, I always want to see everybody in the home. I don't want to just pop in, see, you know, the person that gave birth and then run out. I want to see the baby. I want to see maybe it's dad. I want to see dad. I want to see everybody in the house because mental and emotional health, especially for new parents is a family thing you know, we support moms through all kinds of emotions that come over in pregnancy or uh, postpartum and in pregnancy. So I think having that balanced family unit, that family support and providing that as you know, as a healthcare provider, that's really important to me to optimize for my patients for their clinical outcome. You know, it's important to me to have families to be taken care of. Like that is what optimizes clinical outcomes for patients is having the right support, having the right care and the right resources.
0: Yeah, and how how that entire family Mm -hmm. unit functions is such an integral part of that. And that's something that, you know, at your postpartum checkup, a normal OB is not going to be asking, you know, how -hmm. is your older child coping with, the introduction of this new family member? How is your partner doing with this transition? What, you know, what it what kinds of obligations is your work trying to place on you or your partner already? And and how is that affecting the dynamic yeah. at home? Though, you know, those are kinds of questions that that we should be asking our clients. We should be asking our birthing people and and our families that we're taking care of, making sure that that they're being supportive in all of the areas and not just yep you look good you're healing fine physically so you know you're good to start exercising again like there's so much more to it than that
2: I mean for me I have a lot of experience treating you know parents that have postpartum depression you know some of it's the hormonal balance some of it's some of that but Listen, I gotta ask, like, how is your partner treating you? Oh, well, he is like flipped out, isn't doing anything. You know, he's like in his own world. Well, to me, that's just as important to know as what's your hormone panel look like for me to treat you. Yeah, because that is that is
0: definitely affecting all of this. And it's going to, it's going to affect
2: whether the treatment is Mm going to be, it's going to affect what I do. It's going to affect the resources that I connect parents with, you know, it's so important to look at the bigger picture of people's lives. And that's the reason I practice the type of medicine that I practice.
0: So I feel like that kind of feeds into um, one of the last questions we like to ask all of our guests. Um, What is your dream for the birth community?
2: Hmm. So my dream for the birth community is to be able to, I want to go back to saying the miracle of life. I want the birth community to be able to embrace that. I want to provide resources that make it possible.
0: I love that. I love that. (laughs)
1: the concept of the miracle is so forgotten nowadays. And second question we like to ask is, what is one thing you will do for yourself this coming week?
2: What am I going to do for myself this coming week? Um, besides probably eat too many pastries. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, problems that come when your next-door neighbor owns a restaurant. Ooh. No, and brings some all the pastries I might be a little jealous yeah um, I <clears throat> for myself this coming week I hike I am really lucky I live right by a, an absolutely stunning beautiful lake um, I call it the western edge of Griffith Park here in Los Angeles so I live in a wildlife urban interface area um, it makes us very fire susceptible so there's there's the drawbacks but um I live in Hollywood I always joke that I live in the Hollywoods because I live up in the hills where it's high so for me that's my absolute sanctuary is that blessing for me to be able to get out and be in nature to be in trees to have water for me that just I've always needed to live somewhere near water and mountains, it's, it's an interesting little uh, niche I've carved out for myself. I
0: feel, like, but, I feel like that's such a common, like, I feel like that's got to be a human, like, intrinsic, we need to live by water.
2: Yeah. I mean, I always joked that I got my house because, well, if the apocalypse comes, at least there's some water. I'll be okay. <laughs> and I never was more grateful this than this year to be able – to walk out of my front door and to be able to step immediately into nature i might be a little bit jealous just i'm very jealous a <laughs> little bit I'm
1: very jealous
2: well i mean unfortunately with nature comes tiktok stars and oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, a fairly high crime rate, lots of um, break-ins burglaries car break-ins so so it's not like the most idyllic but For me, the proximity to nature is, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Right there. So, getting out in nature, um, I'm going to build, I'm going to do things to build my immunity this week. That's my, you know, that's been my focus for a really long time personally. Um, I was one of those people that literally caught every cold, every flu ever. And in the last few years, my priority has been to build my immune system by eating well, exercising, getting adequate sleep, getting good care. Um, I've got two acupuncture appointments for myself booked this week, as well as a massage. So, you know, I got plans. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. I actually just had my first acupuncture appointment on Monday, and I'm actually <gasps> terri- I'm terrified of needles, so this is a big deal for me. And one of the <laughs> key things she did was relaxation, because I'm always stressed. So no. the fact there's acupuncture for <laughs> immunization is really good, really neat. Really neat about that. Well,
2: stress destroys your immune system. Stress destroys everything. Stress is degenerative to the body. So. Living in 2020, all I tell people is I change people out of the sympathetic fight or flight state into the parasympathetic rest and digest state. Once you shift that within the body, the body is able to find homeostatic balance. Once that balance is achieved, you know, your all of your body creates like force and energy fields. You know, your heart is that battery. That battery generates that electromagnetic energy. You've met people that have those bigger-than-life attitudes or bigger-than-life, like they feel. You feel these people. To build that kind of field in your body, it's amazing. And acupuncture is a powerful tool of transformation. I always say that you'll get a great benefit by doing it once, but I really want you to, and all of your listeners, to remember that these practices are practices you know unfortunately we can't go to the gym once and get a six-pack don't we all wish there's a reason they call it practice and
0: it's exactly it is an ongoing you're never finished you never finished practicing whether it's music or yoga or Mm -hmm. you know any meditation it's all it's an ongoing thing
2: yeah And it's all programming, the practice. You know, you when you choose to speak to your children with loving kindness instead of, like, losing your temper, you know, that's a practice too. Your meditation is a practice. You know, your sleep is a practice. And your prayer is a practice. And it's my prayer that we bring love, we bring miracles, and that we all truly recognize that we are a miracle.
0: Thank you so much, Devin, for coming on the podcast and sharing your spirit with us today. Because I feel like we didn't just talk about acupuncture. We we really got to the core of like your beliefs around all of this and, and how it benefits us on so many different levels. We're so glad that you came on today. Um, Thank you. I'll
2: make a little acupuncturist joke here. I like to get to the point. (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) Very nice. Um,
2: Before we go, where
0: can everyone find you? Instagram, website, things like that.
2: Uh, So number one, my Instagram is acupuncture.alchemy. I love to use the Instagram as a really great tool for me to kind of look at the bigger picture. I like to use it as, you know, it's a storybook. It allows you to sort of see the things that I practice, interesting parts and components. And I have a ton of picture of cute animals getting acupuncture on there. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, and I have a little hashtag animals getting acu, uh, anyway, so you can reach me on Instagram. Um, You can, my website is www.lakehollywoodacu.com and my telephone number, which is always the best way to really reach me. Either I'll answer, my office manager will answer and I do free 15 minute consultations to see how acupuncture could benefit you or look at your specific case and see what could be utilized to best help you in your situation. Um, And then my phone number is 424-248. 7436. So I love talking to you guys. I love chatting with parents. Uh, I love chatting with kids and teens. Um, I do treat all ages, but my personal specialty and favorite part of my practice is the pediatrics. So give me a call with your kid questions or if you've got some mom questions too. Dads are also welcome as are all birthing people. Thank you
0: so much for coming on the show with us, Devin. We loved having you on and talking all about acupuncture. And to our listeners, we will see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us here on Birth Reimagined. If you'd like to join our Facebook community, you can find us there at Birth Reimagined Family. And if you'd like to join our email list, you can get the link to that on the show notes for this episode. Being a member of our email list gets you access to all our freebies and make sure you're kept in the loop whenever a new episode drops or we have anything exciting to share. Thanks again and see you next time.